This podcast is made possible with collaboration and input from the LinkedIn Digital Transformation Group with reference to Google News and Wikipedia. Workforce Ecosystems A New Strategic Approach to the Future of Work The latest MIT SMR Deloitte survey on the future of the workforce finds that most managers consider employees and external workers, including contractors, service providers, app developers, and gig workers, to be part of their workforce. This calls for an integrated approach to workforce management and has led some executives to the idea of a workforce ecosystem. This report discusses the benefits and challenges associated with creating and managing a workforce ecosystem. Ask managers today how they define their workforce, and a common answer is, that's a very good question. It's a good question, managers tell us, because they feel often squeezed between two realities. One reality is that their workforce increasingly depends on external workers. The other reality is that their management practices, systems, and processes are designed for internal employees. The struggle to reconcile these two realities is an ongoing challenge with significant implications for strategy, leadership, organizational culture, and workforce management practices. Our research makes clear that most managers today consider employees and other workers who create value for the enterprise, including contractors, service providers, gig workers, and even software bots to be part of their workforce. Our recent global executive survey affirms that the vast majority, about 87%, of respondents include some external workers when considering their workforce composition. The research and analysis for this report were conducted under the direction of the authors as part of an MIT Sloan Management Review Research Initiative in collaboration with and sponsored by Deloitte. At the same time, Most workforce-related practices, systems, and processes focus on employees, not external workers. Workforce planning, talent acquisition, performance management, and compensation policies, for example, all tend to focus on full-time, and sometimes part-time, employees. Consequently, organizations often lack an integrated approach to managing a workforce in which external workers play a large role. As one of the executives we interviewed for this report told us, wouldn't it make sense to become just as mature about managing this segment of the workforce, which can be even bigger than your payroll workers? The search for an integrated approach to strategically managing a diverse group of internal and external workers has led some forward-thinking executives to the idea of a workforce ecosystem. We define a workforce ecosystem as a structure focused on value creation for an organization that consists of complementarities and interdependencies. One, this structure encompasses actors, from within the organization and beyond, working to pursue both individual and collective goals. This promising idea, which we discuss in detail in this report, offers several potential benefits that could help managers think through the strategic, organizational, regulatory, and practical implications of a workforce comprising employees, external workers, and others. This report explains what workforce ecosystems are, reflects on the trends driving their emergence, discusses their benefits and challenges, and identifies shifts in management practices associated with creating and managing a workforce ecosystem.
Our discussion is based on findings from a recent global executive survey of 5,118 professionals, 27 executive interviews, and a review of human capital and ecosystem management literature. This research is part of a multi-year MIT-SMR and Deloitte research collaboration on the future of the workforce. Point two, our research to date offers compelling evidence that many of today's executives expect workforce ecosystems to be a significant part of their futures. It is an open question whether the trends that have been moving companies toward workforce ecosystems, such as the changing nature of work and shifting worker preferences, will continue to drive companies in this direction. Introduction Concentric rings, a continuum, a community, a patchwork, these are a few analogies that leaders turn to when considering the broad range of workers who create value for their organizations. Today's workforces increasingly comprise an array of players, including not only employees, but also contractors, gig workers, service providers, external app developers, crowdsource contributors, and more. British multinational creative company WPP, for instance, has more than 100,000 employees and relies on several hundred thousand freelancers. WPP visualizes its workforce as concentric rings. Global Chief People Officer Jackie Kenne notes that, when thinking about culture and career building, the company doesn't limit itself to the innermost rings. We're not going to just think about the hundred thousand people, she says. We're going to think about the outer rings, the over 500,000 people that touch a WPP client. Enterprise software company Workday uses a continuum analogy. Barbary McGann, executive director of Workday's Office of CHRO Solution Marketing, says, we are seeing an emerging workforce continuum that includes work from non-employees such as contingent workers and freelancers to contributions from employees who include both hourly and salary workers. Even an organization as steeped in tradition as NASA is finding conventional workforce conceptions insufficient. Nicholas Skitland, deputy chief of NASA's Exploration Technology Office, sees its future workforce as encompassing both somebody who loves their job so much they will stay for a 30-year career and the project-based gig worker who works at NASA for a season, possibly while also working at multiple other jobs at the same time. Skidland contends that NASA's future workforce also includes citizen scientists contributing their talent to the agency's mission through events such as the annual International Space Apps Challenge or NASA's many other open innovation platforms. Applause is especially reliant on external actors and views its workforce as a community. It is a software testing company that doesn't count a single software tester among its 400 employees. Instead, the company's crowdsourced community, 700,000 strong, from 200 countries and territories, does its testing work. Founder, Chairman, and CEO Doran Ruvenis sees great benefit in this workforce model. It's much better than hiring someone to do a job, he says. Here, you actually have data about what that person did, which projects they worked on, which bugs they submitted. You have real data on their value. Catherine Popper, an angel investor and board member at Launchpad Venture Group, uses a patchwork metaphor to describe how startup ventures with limited resources use a variety of talent arrangements to get work done. You end up thinking about all of the various ways you can use talent, part-timers, temps, the platforms, the agencies, 
the remote developers, advisors, your lawyers, your bankers, she says. Every hire that a startup makes is a financial bet. Having a bigger patchwork allows you flexibility. Contributors are not limited to freelancers and gig workers. They also often include external organizations. Amazon has more than 1 million employees, but more than 2 million independent business owners offer merchandise in the Amazon marketplace, according to Jeff Wilk, the company's retired CEO of Consumer Business. Those sellers, though independent, complement Amazon's business in the sense that they add value to Amazon marketplace. More than 8 out of 10 respondents consider external contributors to be part of their workforce. Percentages are based on 4,761 total responses and exclude those who responded don't know or not applicable. Are these stories typical or atypical? We interviewed 27 leaders from business, academia, and government and conducted a global survey of 5,118 managers and executives. Our research clarifies the extent to which companies are orchestrating internal and external contributors, as well as external organizations. Our survey found that 87% of respondents define their workforce in broader terms than just full and part-time employees. This mid-SMR and Deloitte 2021 Future of the Workforce report proposes a workforce ecosystem approach to address this challenge. In this report, we'd explain the workforce ecosystem concept and highlight several forces driving its emergence. Discuss how workforce ecosystems may influence strategy, leadership, culture, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and workforce governance. Identify important management practice differences between a workforce ecosystem approach and the traditional employee life cycle model. This project extends our collaborative multi-year research initiative on the future of the workforce.3 based on our cumulative pre-2020 work and current research. Our evidence strongly suggests that the trends driving workforce ecosystem adoption were happening before work-related shifts associated with the COVID-19 global pandemic and will likely continue as extreme conditions related to the pandemic subside. Beyond an employee-based view of the workforce, Leaders are beginning to think more expansively about who is in their workforce, many expect more external workers to be part of their workforce in the future. Some are even thinking structurally about what their workforce is, and we see an increasing trend toward a workforce ecosystem approach. Several interviewees already describe their workforces as ecosystems. Ruvenis says that Applause's large community of software testers is really an ecosystem. IBM Chief Human Resources Officer, CHRO, Nicole Lamoureux, says that the technology company thinks of its expanded pool of workers as the broader ecosystem, for example. WPP's Canet says the company considers its full-time workers and its freelancers to be part of our ecosystem. Nike's former Vice President of Human Resources Karen Weiss calls the total workforce an expanded ecosystem. These executives are already thinking about their workforces in an integrated way. We see growth across all categories of external participants. This growth is especially strong for organizations that take a broad view of their workforce. Percentage who agree and strongly agree, multi-select question, percentages do not total 100%, building upon our data, 
and recent management research. We define a workforce ecosystem as a structure focused on value creation for an organization that consists of complementarities and interdependences. Point five, this structure encompasses actors from within the organization and beyond, working to pursue both individual and collective goals. By complementarities, we mean that some members of the system, workers or organizations, work independently yet together offer value for their mutual customers. By interdependences, we mean that some members rely upon one another for their shared success or failure, they win or lose together. This ecosystem approach is a significant departure from the traditional view of the workforce, which envisions individual employees performing work along linear career paths to create value for their organization. Where the traditional workforce perspective establishes a human resources structure for managing employees, replete with systems, processes, and oversight, this new approach treats the workforce ecosystem itself as a structure. Managing employees and managing a workforce ecosystem structure are fundamentally different processes. Workforce ecosystems include a broad community of workers and organizations. A workforce ecosystem includes both employees and external parties that don't work directly for an organization yet may be integral to its success. Ecosystem members, whether individuals, companies, or technologies, might have interdependent and or complementary relationships. Together, they make up a diverse community that an organization builds, nurtures grow, and leverages to meet its objectives. For example, Wilk explains the logic behind the decision to open Amazon Marketplace, which resulted in 2 million third-party sellers. We could have continued to operate our own store very successfully, but we thought it would be better for customers if we allowed competitors, including small businesses, to offer their was alongside ours. That benefits everybody. Alan Treffler, founder and CEO of Pegasystems, also sees advantages to including complementers as part of the software company's strategy, a trend he believes is on the rise. Optimizing the workforce, he says, isn't just about helping you assign and manage work seamlessly across your enterprise. It's also about being able to reach into the enterprises of others and bring the work they might be doing into a common channel for your client. I expect to accelerate our involvement with partners who offer complementary technology to what we deliver. The workforce ecosystem may include individuals who do not currently create value for an organization, but are potential workers. At applause, only 25% to 30% of the company's 700,000 software testers work on paid projects at any given time. The rest have the opportunity to build skills and gain experiences regardless of whether they are participating in paid work. Meanwhile, Applause aims to build loyalty, trust, and a sense of community and belonging among ecosystem members, an effort that transcends traditional notions of employee engagement. In a very different organization, the U.S. Army Major General Ronald Clark, Chief of Staff of the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command, considers not only military, civilian, and contracted personnel to be part of his workforce, but families as well. I include our families, he says, because a lot of work in and around units is done by volunteers through soldier and family readiness groups including organizational alumni and retirees, sometimes referred to as boomerang employees, 
is another way to augment workforce ecosystems. Point six IBM's Lamro notes that it's important, as you think about the life cycle of an employee, to know that there will be entries and exits, and you need to be thinking about how you manage that and provide engaging experiences at every point. Elizabeth Adafioy, Senior Vice President and CHRO at Ingredient, says the multinational ingredient provider occasionally brings back alumni for part-time work because we need a particularly critical skill or competency. Similarly, we have seen overwhelmed hospitals worldwide ask retired healthcare professionals to return to help treat COVID-19 patients. Tens of thousands have answered the call. With a workforce ecosystem approach, organizations may also share employees or other workers with other ecosystem members to fill short-term gaps. This has a myriad cost, time, and opportunity benefits for workers and organizations. Brian Baker, Global People Strategy Business Partner at WPP, describes how clients with openings in marketing functions have asked WPP to lend them employees to fill slots for a specific period. In these cases, WPP and its clients become part of each other's ecosystems. We give the employee an actual experience of someone they serve every day and have our own people growing our clients, Baker says. And then, for our clients, it's not only a cost play, but it's a total rethinking of their own gig mentality because they know they have a trusted partner who has a track record of delivery. And it's reliable and easy. Workforce ecosystems recognize that external workers are doing more and more significant work. Across industries, external actors and businesses are doing a significant share of organizations' work. Chris Wilbur, Chief People Officer at Roche, estimates that contingent, i.e., non-permanent, workers account for approximately 25% of the Swiss health care multinational's total workforce. McGann says that some of Workday's customers have workforces that are as much as 50% contingent. Arun Srinivasan, general manager of software company SAP Fieldglass, which helps clients manage their contingent workforces, notes that if you look at certain industries like energy and natural resources, financial services, and technology, you will be surprised that often there are more external workers than employees in a given time period. Our survey data suggests that a substantial number of respondents believe their workforces are moving in this direction. A third of our survey respondents, 33%, expect to increase their dependence on external workers in the next 18 to 24 months. This holds true regardless of whether managers agree that demand for their organization's products or services has been positively or negatively affected by the pandemic. Adafioi is acutely aware of the importance of external actors to ingredient. Today you have temporary workers, contingent workers, consultants, full-time employees, and those that are job-sharing, she says. We have to be prepared for all of those types of workers because they bring different values. Our research shows that more than half of organizations expect to increase their use of online platforms to access external talent. However, Few are preparing to manage a workforce that depends increasingly on external participants. While a substantial number of companies are increasing their dependence on external workers' ideas and skills and are increasingly using online platforms to access talent, less than a third believe that they are adequately preparing for these changes. 
External workers are not only doing more work, they are doing work of more importance, too. The contingent workforce is often essential to an organization's core mission. As Srinivasan explains, we're seeing organizations embracing the concept of engaging third-party providers and external talent for those highly differentiated services that they need to survive and thrive as a business. Other research supports this observation. Similarly, Roche sees its workforce in terms of the entire range of contributors who help accomplish its mission of delivering innovative medical solutions. We have been thinking about our workforce in a much more inclusive, holistic way, Wilbur says. Beyond employees, that newly defined workforce includes, for example, contractors who are working with us because we need specialized expertise and partners that provide us certain skills in a flexible and scalable way. Launchpad's Popper says that filling vital roles externally has long been routine for startups. With limited resources, a startup might not be able to afford a full-time CFO, for instance, but it might have someone come in once a week to act as CFO. Popper has noticed that these days, more established companies are functioning this way too. Can you use another resource to accomplish something that is better done by somebody other than your full-time employees? It's easier, and it's more high quality, to do it that way now than it was in the past, she says. A message from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me tell you here how it works. It's free, you can register free online. Just go to Anchor.fm and register. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or desktop computer, that's how easy it is. Anchor will also help to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and many more other platforms. You can also generate income from your podcast, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. Now, you can download the Anchor apps from the Apple Store or Google Play Store. Enjoy the podcast, thanks again. Drivers of Workforce Ecosystems Organizations relying on a variety of actors to capture and deliver value isn't new, although the scale at which it is happening is. This growth has been driven by several significant shifts that profoundly alter the way many organizations address talent needs. The nature of work is changing, the preferences of workers are evolving, and technology is transforming how many organizations engage with and manage their workforces. The nature of work is changing. The mechanistic, process-driven view of work focused on optimizing job performance has largely given way to a team-based, project-based view of work that's focused on speed, innovation, and relationships. These changes are compelling some leaders to make new decisions about how to orchestrate their workforces. The transition to project-based work creates new requirements and opportunities for organizations to bring in external talent for specific engagements or to use internal talent marketplaces that enable employees to move easily among departments to meet emergent demands. Pegasystems Treffler declares that the right way to think about a workforce of the future is to think about the work.
What is it you are trying to achieve? When you start by looking at the work, then you get to really look at the problem from the center out. What are the core elements of work, and which of those core elements should be done by staff who work for me? In addition to more project-based work, many organizations are also increasingly open to remote work arrangements, fueled in part by COVID-19 lockdowns and stay-at-home orders. Relatedly, starting long before the pandemic, researchers had begun studying the work-from-anywhere trend, addressing corporate real estate costs, immigration constraints, potential efficiency increases, and other related issues. Together, these trends improve the conditions for workforce ecosystems in several ways. They enable the relaxation of geographic constraints for organizations looking for workers. They permit workers looking for opportunities to search beyond their local areas. And they allow organizations to more easily match project-based demands with appropriate types of workers. Workers' preferences are shifting. Many of our interviewees have observed that workers across all generations are prioritizing purpose flexibility, and personalized experiences over job stability and security. Linda Gratton, Professor of Management at London Business School, and Andrew Scott, Professor of Economics at London Business School, recognize that people across generations are changing their expectations for their careers, noting in a co-authored article that individuals are starting to experiment with new stages of life and creating different career structures. 11 These new paths, including aligning lifestyle with work style, upgrading skills, and working beyond age 65, are well supported within a workforce ecosystem approach. Launchpad's Popper believes that for millennials, for whom corporate values are a preeminent concern, tenure and longevity and loyalty are a thing of the past. That generation will vote with their feet. If they don't like what they are seeing, they'll leave. In fact, our research shows that many workers consider themselves to be free agents rather than loyal employees, even when they are permanent employees. U.S. Army Brigadier General Milford H. Beagle Jr. notes that younger generations of recruits want autonomy, purpose, and motivation. The early generations preferred continuity and stability, the fact that I'm here and have thrived in this environment, I'm stable. I think that with future generations, like the current one, you're going to have to keep them challenged. Workday's McGann adds, employees value growing their skills and their capabilities. They want more projects and more gigs to build career currency through experiences, rather than climbing the ladder. A substantial percentage of surveyed workers consider themselves to be free agents. Interestingly, this is true even when they identify as full or part-time employees. Notes SAP Field Glasses Srinivasan, workers who are just joining the workforce and workers who are perhaps toward the last segment of their careers are both expressing a desire to engage in a different way. They are saying, I want to do meaningful work. I want purpose behind that work. Technology is transforming how many organizations engage with and manage their workforces. Technology is essential to enabling workforce ecosystems, such as by improving internal talent management systems and external labor platforms, and providing tools that enhance value, such as through data analytics, AI, or machine learning. Greta Corporal, 
A research fellow and British Academy postdoctoral fellow at Oxford Said Business School points to the rise of online labor platforms, which make it easier and less expensive for organizations to find and engage external workers on demand. Corporal is part of Oxford University's iLabor project, which developed the Online Labor Index, an economic indicator that tracks trends in online labor. Point 13. Over the last three years, we've seen that it has increased year on year on year, she explains, noting that 30% of Fortune 500 companies use online labor platforms to find the expertise they lack internally. We think this is a trend that will continue to grow, she adds. This data is consistent with our survey results. 52% of respondents expect their organizations to increase their use of such online platforms during the next 18 months. Donna Morris, Chief People Officer at Walmart, recognizes that platforms are a source of talent and skills for a variety of needs, not only for short-term gigs. You can use a platform to engage those services for the needs that you have, whether they be very transitional in nature or longer term. Launchpad's Popper highlights the changing role that these platform technologies play within workforce ecosystems. It's just dramatically easier to find the people, she says. All the tech enablers that allow you to find and then work with people anywhere are dramatically different. Additionally, while these technology trends are benefiting many organizations by increasing their capabilities and access to resources, these same technologies are also helping workers by making it easier for them to develop and market their skills to hiring organizations. Beyond providing the infrastructure that is powering workforce ecosystems, technology, both hardware and software, can also be a worker itself performing or assisting with tasks. Amazon has 200,000 physical robots working among its human warehouse workers. This is also the case at NASA. At NASA, the space agency has virtual bots that can be thought of in some ways as employees, Skitland says. To integrate with our IT systems, bots are given unique IDs when issued virtual employee badges. Workforce Ecosystem Characteristics Workforce ecosystems may vary considerably from one organization to another, but they all have several characteristics in common, they enable value creation, they rely on complementarities between ecosystem members, and they include interdependencies among participants such that workers depend upon each other for their success or failure. Integrated structures that create value. Every organization's overriding goal is to deliver value to its stakeholders. Workforce ecosystems enable organizations to create and capture value by coordinating workers and contributors of all types. They build communities consisting of workers interacting with the organization and with one another. However, given the scope and complexity of all of these interactions, the management of these engagements is often fragmented and highly decentralized. A workforce ecosystem perspective offers visibility into the entire workforce deepening managers' perspectives on who is creating value for the organization. The COVID-19 pandemic led Nike to realize that it needed to better understand and manage the workforce structure it had in place, Weiss notes. We all woke up one day in March 2020 realizing we could not show up on our campus or in our places of work in the way we could the prior week, she explains. We began figuring out how to handle things like pay continuity, absenteeism, 
and need for leaves of absence for those employees who couldn't work remotely, as our teammates in distribution centers and Nike-owned production facilities. But we quickly realized we needed to consider our contingent workforce as well. That was the initial impetus that really drove us to say, okay, so how big is that box? Do we know who and where they are? Can we find them quickly if we need to? And when we say we want to do the right thing for our extended family of Nike workers, are we all defining that family the same way? Some organizations are already predisposed to using a workforce ecosystem approach, such as those accustomed to dealing with fluid, transient and often shifting populations and those that have a clear mission, such as the military, research institutions and universities. They tend to have systems in place to address many types of workers and keep a steady focus on their key goals and objectives. We have also found that organizations may have more than one workforce ecosystem, depending on their overall size, scale, and scope. For example, a consumer-facing division may be coordinating one ecosystem while an enterprise-focused division is managing another. Complementarities strengthen workforce ecosystems. Complementarities are essential to workforce ecosystems because they represent how distinct players can work independently while together providing value for mutual customers. Point 14 Mayo Clinic, for instance, explicitly embraces an ecosystem approach that relies on complementarities to accomplish its mission. Mayo is a non-profit academic medical and research center with many geographically dispersed doctors, nurses, scientists, and administrative staff. Its Mayo Clinic Innovation Exchange connects external entrepreneurs with internal innovators to advance breakthroughs in healthcare. Jared Mueller, the exchange's director, notes that its mandate is consistent with the clinic's overall workforce approach. We think of workforce in a really holistic way that includes our own workforce, but also goes beyond in terms of other actors that will help improve patient care, both within Mayo and across the world, Mueller observes. It's a complex workforce, but we're not just focused within a walled garden of our close to 70,000 staff. We're really excited about a strong workforce of collaborators who might be on the other side of the world. We are about the mission, and the mission is accomplished in partnership with a lot of people who have many different email domains. Interdependences link successes within workforce ecosystems. The entities within an ecosystem rely upon others to get work done and accomplish shared objectives. Their successes or failures hinge upon their ability to collaborate effectively. Such interdependences are fundamental to workforce ecosystems. For example, military organizations encompass a diverse mix of internal and external actors, all of whom rely upon one another to ensure successful outcomes for their missions. In discussing training for contingencies, the U.S. Armas Clark emphasizes that exercises must include all those who would be involved. We train as we would fight, and when I say fight, I mean it broadly, we could be fighting a natural disaster. There's a certain percentage of Army, Air Force, Marine Corps, and Navy Reserve who we pull in to conduct the exercise and have contributions from all those parts of our workforce. As the commanding general of Fort Jackson, South Carolina, the Army's largest basic training enterprise, Beagle is also aware of the challenges of orchestrating a large, diverse workforce that includes members of the military, 
civilian personnel, and contractors. His ecosystem contains wide generational diversity, ranging from baby boomers, who appreciate stability, to members of Generation Z, for whom stability is less essential. We have to now set a baseline of, where is that common culture? Beagle says, Our shared belief is the U.S. Army. We trust our mission. Challenges and risks of workforce ecosystems. Workforce ecosystems bring challenges as well as benefits. Some of these are internal to an organization, such as cultural barriers, while others are products of the context in which the organization operates, such as legal and regulatory matters. The third set of issues concerns unintended societal effects, such as the potential need for governments to bear the burden in future years if there is an increase in the number of retirees who lack retirement benefits and savings. Organizational culture and established practices can act as barriers. Strong internally focused cultures, resistance to change, and organizational silo behaviors can stymie workforce ecosystems. Even before the pandemic, Creating and maintaining a consistent organizational culture was difficult, especially in large and highly dispersed organizations. Add remote work, then layer on the challenges of managing an array of external contributors, and cultivating a strong organizational culture becomes even more difficult. An additional tension for an organization is to be confident and determined in its direction while at the same time being open to new ideas especially from external contributors. Mayo Clinic's Mueller notes that advancing his organization's mission requires openness to new ideas from a variety of players, and that, in turn, requires humility. At the same time, Mayo's 2030 strategic plan is centered around boldness. Mueller describes a tension between humility and boldness that is ultimately productive. Being humble is necessary to accept input from a range of actors, but, he says, it doesn't give you license to be passive. Oxford's Corporal sees cultural barriers to adopting workforce ecosystems, explaining that often there is little communication between line and staff departments, and with insufficient executive support, this can lead to a lack of budget support to experiment and to do pilots with engaging external talent. She further recognizes that managers may not understand the value of online labor platforms and can be threatened by the notion of a gig economy, where internal employees may fear that if they start using these platforms, they will make themselves obsolete. Legal and regulatory issues worldwide present complex hurdles. Labor-related legal and regulatory frameworks have been honed over the years to protect employees. The challenge today is ensuring that those regulatory protections remain in place while allowing the growth of new workforce strategies that can extend opportunities and benefits. Companies will need to overcome issues such as HR technologies that are aligned with an employee life cycle approach tracking only internal employees, and geographic, legal, and privacy constraints that prohibit certain types of data from being shared. Regarding Applause's large crowdsourced community of software testers, Ruveni acknowledges, culturally, we treat them like employees. Technically, from a legal perspective, they are different. These regulatory differences pose a familiar challenge for organizations that have a lot invested in how the government classifies workers. In 2018, 
The California Supreme Court unanimously held that workers must be presumed to be employees, with the burden of proof falling on companies to claim that a worker is an independent contractor. This made drivers for ride-sharing companies eligible for benefits guaranteed to employees by state law. But in 2020, California voters approved Proposition 22, allowing these companies to treat workers as independent contractors. Litigation continued, as a federal court recently ruled to proceed with a class action lawsuit. These questions are further complicated in organizations where workforces are dispersed globally because requirements differ by country. Labor laws in the European Union, for example, provide employee protections, but the EU is currently considering legislation to improve gig worker protections as well. Large organizations often operate in multiple geographies with different approaches to regulating labor markets. Workforce ecosystems add to this complexity. Quality, brand, and intellectual property represent vulnerabilities. Pegasystems Treffler puts what he calls the enormous risk in stark terms, asking, how do you maintain quality in a world in which you're just, in effect, buying slices of somebody's time? Susan Tohayama, Executive Vice President and CHRO at Ceridian, a human capital management software company, points to the risks that may be introduced in using contingent workers. A company has a product, and you have to have a core team of people who understand that product. Can you augment that team with people who have external expertise? Absolutely, Tohayama says. Every company will have a different level, 20%, 40%, 50%. But you have to have a core group of people who truly understand what your product is and what your culture is and make sure that you're not betraying or straying from that. Similarly, Walmart's Morris points to the reputational risks of using external contributors to fulfill elements of the company's value proposition. I might have fulfilled your order and gotten it ready. If I'm using a third party to deliver it and that's a disaster, you're not going to care that it's a third party, you're going to just care that it's the company. Regardless of what the alternative forms of a workforce are, because it's your brand, you have to be responsible from a reputational viewpoint for the delivery of whatever that service is. Finally, in traditional employee-centric businesses, ownership of intellectual property is straightforward, the company owns it. When independent contributors simultaneously work for multiple, potentially related or competing, organizations, possibly including their own startups, the question of who has the right to use created property, and on what terms, becomes much more complex. And again, related laws vary by location. Drivers of workforce ecosystems. Organizations relying on a variety of actors to capture and deliver value isn't new, although the scale at which it is happening is. This growth has been driven by several significant shifts that profoundly alter the way many organizations address talent needs. The nature of work is changing, the preferences of workers are evolving, and technology is transforming how many organizations engage with and manage their workforces. The nature of work is changing. The mechanistic, process-driven view of work focused on optimizing job performance has largely given way to a team-based, project-based view of work that's focused on speed, innovation, and relationships. 
These changes are compelling some leaders to make new decisions about how to orchestrate their workforces. The transition to project-based work creates new requirements and opportunities for organizations to bring in external talent for specific engagements or to use internal talent marketplaces that enable employees to move easily among departments to meet emergent demands. Pegasystems Treffler declares that the right way to think about a workforce of the future is to think about the work. What is it you are trying to achieve? When you start by looking at the work, then you get to really look at the problem from the center out. What are the core elements of work, and which of those core elements should be done by staff who work for me? In addition to more project-based work, many organizations are also increasingly open to remote work arrangements, fueled in part by COVID-19 lockdowns and stay-at-home orders. Relatedly, starting long before the pandemic, researchers had begun studying the work-from-anywhere trend addressing corporate real estate costs, immigration constraints, potential efficiency increases, and other related issues. Together, these trends improve the conditions for workforce ecosystems in several ways. They enable the relaxation of geographic constraints for organizations looking for workers. They permit workers looking for opportunities to search beyond their local areas and they allow organizations to more easily match project-based demands with appropriate types of workers. Workers' preferences are shifting. Many of our interviewees have observed that workers across all generations are prioritizing purpose, flexibility, and personalized experiences over job stability and security. Linda Gratton, professor of management at London Business School, and Andrew Scott, professor of economics at London Business School, recognize that people across generations are changing their expectations for their careers, noting in a co-authored article that individuals are starting to experiment with new stages of life and creating different career structures. 11 These new paths, including aligning lifestyle with work style, upgrading skills, and working beyond age 65, are well supported within a workforce ecosystem approach. Launchpad's Popper believes that for millennials, for whom corporate values are a preeminent concern, tenure and longevity and loyalty are a thing of the past. That generation will vote with their feet. If they don't like what they are seeing, they'll leave. In fact, our research shows that many workers consider themselves to be free agents rather than loyal employees, even when they are permanent employees. U.S. Army Brigadier General Milford H. Beagle Jr. Notes that younger generations of recruits want autonomy, purpose, and motivation. The early generations preferred continuity and stability, the fact that I'm here and have thrived in this environment, I'm stable. I think that with future generations, like the current one, you're going to have to keep them challenged. Workdays McGann adds, employees value growing their skills and their capabilities. They want more projects and more gigs to build career currency through experiences, rather than climbing the ladder. A substantial percentage of surveyed workers consider themselves to be free agents. Interestingly, this is true even when they identify as full or part-time employees. Notes SAP Field Glasses Srinivasan, workers who are just joining the workforce and workers who are perhaps toward the last segment of their careers are both expressing a desire to engage in a different way. They are saying, I want to do meaningful work.
I want purpose behind that work. Technology is transforming how many organizations engage with and manage their workforces. Technology is essential to enabling workforce ecosystems, such as by improving internal talent management systems and external labor platforms, and providing tools that enhance value, such as through data analytics, AI, or machine learning. Greta Corporal, a research fellow and British Academy postdoctoral fellow at Oxford's Said Business School, points to the rise of online labor platforms, which make it easier and less expensive for organizations to find and engage external workers on demand. Corporal is part of Oxford University's iLabor project, which developed the Online Labor Index, an economic indicator that tracks trends in online labor. Point 13. Over the last three years, we've seen that it has increased year on year on year, she explains, noting that 30% of Fortune 500 companies use online labor platforms to find the expertise they lack internally. We think this is a trend that will continue to grow, she adds. This data is consistent with our survey results. 52% of respondents expect their organizations to increase their use of such online platforms during the next 18 months. Donna Morris, Chief People Officer at Walmart, recognizes that platforms are a source of talent and skills for a variety of needs, not only for short-term gigs. You can use a platform to engage those services for the needs that you have, whether they be very transitional in nature or longer term. Launchpad's Popper highlights the changing role that these platform technologies play within workforce ecosystems. It's just dramatically easier to find the people, she says. All the tech enablers that allow you to find and then work with people anywhere are dramatically different. Additionally, while these technology trends are benefiting many organizations by increasing their capabilities and access to resources, these same technologies are also helping workers by making it easier for them to develop and market their skills to hiring organizations. Beyond providing the infrastructure that is powering workforce ecosystems, technology, both hardware and software, can also be a worker itself performing or assisting with tasks. Amazon has 200,000 physical robots working among its human warehouse workers. This is also the case at NASA. At NASA, the space agency has virtual bots that can be thought of in some ways as employees, Skitland says. To integrate with our IT systems, bots are given unique IDs when issued virtual employee badges. Workforce Ecosystem Characteristics Workforce ecosystems may vary considerably from one organization to another, but they all have several characteristics in common, they enable value creation, they rely on complementarities between ecosystem members, and they include interdependencies among participants such that workers depend upon each other for their success or failure. Integrated structures that create value. Every organization's overriding goal is to deliver value to its stakeholders. Workforce ecosystems enable organizations to create and capture value by coordinating workers and contributors of all types. They build communities consisting of workers interacting with the organization and with one another. However, given the scope and complexity of all of these interactions, the management of these engagements is often fragmented and highly decentralized. A workforce ecosystem perspective offers visibility into the entire workforce, deepening managers' perspectives on who is creating value for the organization. 
The COVID-19 pandemic led Nike to realize that it needed to better understand and manage the workforce structure it had in place, Weiss notes. We all woke up one day in March 2020 realizing we could not show up on our campus or in our places of work in the way we could the prior week, she explains. We began figuring out how to handle things like pay continuity, absenteeism, and need for leaves of absence for those employees who couldn't work remotely, as our teammates in distribution centers and Nike-owned production facilities. But we quickly realized we needed to consider our contingent workforce as well. That was the initial impetus that really drove us to say, okay, so how big is that box? Do we know who and where they are? Can we find them quickly if we need to? And when we say we want to do the right thing for our extended family of Nike workers, are we all defining that family the same way? Some organizations are already predisposed to using a workforce ecosystem approach, such as those accustomed to dealing with fluid, transient and often shifting populations and those that have a clear mission, such as the military, research institutions and universities. They tend to have systems in place to address many types of workers and keep a steady focus on their key goals and objectives. We have also found that organizations may have more than one workforce ecosystem, depending on their overall size, scale, and scope. For example, a consumer-facing division may be coordinating one ecosystem while an enterprise-focused division is managing another. Complementarities strengthen workforce ecosystems. Complementarities are essential to workforce ecosystems because they represent how distinct players can work independently while together providing value for mutual customers. Point 14 Mayo Clinic, for instance, explicitly embraces an ecosystem approach that relies on complementarities to accomplish its mission. Mayo is a non-profit academic medical and research center with many geographically dispersed doctors, nurses, scientists, and administrative staff. Its Mayo Clinic Innovation Exchange connects external entrepreneurs with internal innovators to advance breakthroughs in healthcare. Jared Mueller, the exchange's director, notes that its mandate is consistent with the clinic's overall workforce approach. We think of workforce in a really holistic way that includes our own workforce, but also goes beyond in terms of other actors that will help improve patient care, both within Mayo and across the world, Mueller observes. It's a complex workforce, but we're not just focused within a walled garden of our close to 70,000 staff. We're really excited about a strong workforce of collaborators who might be on the other side of the world. We are about the mission, and the mission is accomplished in partnership with a lot of people who have many different email domains. Interdependences link successes within workforce ecosystems. The entities within an ecosystem rely upon others to get work done and accomplish shared objectives. Their successes or failures hinge upon their ability to collaborate effectively. Such interdependences are fundamental to workforce ecosystems. For example, military organizations encompass a diverse mix of internal and external actors, all of whom rely upon one another to ensure successful outcomes for their missions. In discussing training for contingencies, the U.S. Armas Clark emphasizes that exercises must include all those who would be involved, we train as we would fight, and when I say fight, I mean it broadly, we could be fighting a natural disaster.
There's a certain percentage of Army, Air Force, Marine Corps, and Navy Reserve who we pull in to conduct the exercise and have contributions from all those parts of our workforce. As the Commanding General of Fort Jackson, South Carolina, the Army's largest basic training enterprise, Beagle is also aware of the challenges of orchestrating a large, diverse workforce that includes members of the military, civilian personnel, and contractors. His ecosystem contains wide generational diversity, ranging from baby boomers, who appreciate stability, to members of Generation Z, for whom stability is less essential. We have to now set a baseline of, where is that common culture? Beagle says, Our shared belief is the U.S. Army. We trust our mission. Challenges and risks of workforce ecosystems. Workforce ecosystems bring challenges as well as benefits. Some of these are internal to an organization, such as cultural barriers, while others are products of the context in which the organization operates, such as legal and regulatory matters. The third set of issues concerns unintended societal effects, such as the potential need for governments to bear the burden in future years if there is an increase in the number of retirees who lack retirement benefits and savings. Organizational culture and established practices can act as barriers. Strong internally focused cultures, resistance to change, and organizational silo behaviors can stymie workforce ecosystems. Even before the pandemic, creating and maintaining a consistent organizational culture was difficult, especially in large and highly dispersed organizations. Add remote work, then layer on the challenges of managing an array of external contributors, and cultivating a strong organizational culture becomes even more difficult. An additional tension for an organization is to be confident and determined in its direction while at the same time being open to new ideas, especially from external contributors. Mayo Clinic's Mueller notes that advancing his organization's mission requires openness to new ideas from a variety of players, and that, in turn, requires humility. At the same time, Mayo's 2030 strategic plan is centered around boldness. Mueller describes a tension between humility and boldness that is ultimately productive. Being humble is necessary to accept input from a range of actors, but, he says, it doesn't give you license to be passive. Oxford's Corporal sees cultural barriers to adopting workforce ecosystems, explaining that often there is little communication between line and staff departments, and with insufficient executive support, this can lead to a lack of budget support to experiment and to do pilots with engaging external talent. She further recognizes that managers may not understand the value of online labor platforms and can be threatened by the notion of a gig economy where internal employees may fear that if they start using these platforms, they will make themselves obsolete. Legal and regulatory issues worldwide present complex hurdles. Labor-related legal and regulatory frameworks have been honed over the years to protect employees. The challenge today is ensuring that those regulatory protections remain in place while allowing the growth of new workforce strategies that can extend opportunities and benefits. Companies will need to overcome issues such as HR technologies that are aligned with an employee life cycle approach tracking only internal employees, and geographic, legal, and privacy constraints that prohibit certain types of data from being shared. 
Regarding Applause's large crowdsourced community of software testers, Ruveni acknowledges, culturally, we treat them like employees. Technically, from a legal perspective, they are different. These regulatory differences pose a familiar challenge for organizations that have a lot invested in how the government classifies workers. In 2018, the California Supreme Court unanimously held that workers must be presumed to be employees, with the burden of proof falling on companies to claim that a worker is an independent contractor. This made drivers for ride-sharing companies eligible for benefits guaranteed to employees by state law. But in 2020, California voters approved Proposition 22, allowing these companies to treat workers as independent contractors. Litigation continued, as a federal court recently ruled to proceed with a class action lawsuit. These questions are further complicated in organizations where workforces are dispersed globally because requirements differ by country. Labor laws in the European Union, for example, provide employee protections, but the EU is currently considering legislation to improve gig worker protections as well. Large organizations often operate in multiple geographies with different approaches to regulating labor markets. Workforce ecosystems add to this complexity. Quality, brand, and intellectual property represent vulnerabilities. Pegasystems Treffler puts what he calls the enormous risk in stark terms, asking, how do you maintain quality in a world in which you're just, in effect, buying slices of somebody's time? Susan Tohayama, Executive Vice President and CHRO at Ceridian, a human capital management software company, points to the risks that may be introduced in using contingent workers. A company has a product, and you have to have a core team of people who understand that product. Can you augment that team with people who have external expertise? Absolutely, Tohayama says. Every company will have a different level, 20%, 40%, 50%. But you have to have a core group of people who truly understand what your product is and what your culture is and make sure that you're not betraying or straying from that. Similarly, Walmart's Morris points to the reputational risks of using external contributors to fulfill elements of the company's value proposition. I might have fulfilled your order and gotten it ready. If I'm using a third party to deliver it and that's a disaster, you're not going to care that it's a third party you're going to just care that it's the company. Regardless of what the alternative forms of a workforce are, because it's your brand, you have to be responsible from a reputational viewpoint for the delivery of whatever that service is. Finally, in traditional employee-centric businesses, ownership of intellectual property is straightforward, the company owns it. When independent contributors simultaneously work for multiple, potentially related or competing, organizations, possibly including their own startups, the question of who has the right to use created property and on what terms becomes much more complex. And again, related laws vary by location. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends and colleagues. Please also support us by clicking the support button at our page anchor.fm forward slash Mayfors, M-A-I-F-O-R-S. That's all for today. Hope you enjoy the podcast. We will see you again in the next episode. Have a great day. Take care and stay safe.